Welcome back to Come Together Cabarrus. I'm your host, Panda. On this episode of CTC, we're going to meet Kevin Strong, a fellow podcaster who retired here in Cabarrus County. So grab some sweet tea and let's get to know each other. So go ahead and explain to the listeners of Cabarrus County uh, who who you are, because I know who you are, but they have no idea. All righty. Well, hello, listeners. My name is Kevin. Uh, I am a retired military criminal investigator. I spent 20 years in the military. The last nine years, I was doing felony level investigations for the Army. While I was stationed in South Carolina, actually, I had some friends move to the Concord area, and we would come up and visit, and we decided, you know what, this is a beautiful area, it's a beautiful place to be, beautiful place to live, right close to Charlotte, and we decided to make it our uh, our retirement home. So it's the Florida of the Carolinas, uh, at least for <laughs> me anyway. Um, yeah, so we, we bought a house about two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, and decided to settle down for the first time in 20 years. Awesome. That was actually going to be one of my questions was what exactly brought you to the area? Because you've kind of been all over, not just in uh, South Carolina. You were born in California, yes. raised in Texas, though. Uh, a little right. bit. So I was born, in, born and raised in California, and then I joined the military uh, when I was 21. Uh, I had actually moved from California to Pennsylvania, and that's where I joined the Army was in Pennsylvania. From there, I went to... South Carolina for basic training, uh, Maryland for additional individual training, and then I was out in California, and then from California I went to Germany. You know, while I was in Germany, I deployed twice. I went to Kosovo and Iraq. While I was in Kosovo, I actually spent time in Macedonia and Bulgaria. Oh, wow. Um, I spent a year in Iraq, and then from Germany I went back to South Carolina, South Carolina to New Jersey, New Jersey to Texas. Oh, nope. I went to Korea at one point. I went from <laughs> South Carolina to Korea to back to South Carolina. And then New Jersey, then Texas. And now I'm here in North Carolina. So been all around the world, uh, seven different countries, uh, just about almost every state in the Union uh, <laughs> for, for one reason or another, and decided to settle down in uh, Cabarrus County. So where is the longest that you've stayed in a place? So technically, the longest I was in a place is South Carolina. I was there. My family was there for seven years, uh, from 2005 until about 2012. And then I had a brief stint in Korea during that time and managed to get back. So most places I was there for right around three years. Oh, wow. That's that's amazing yeah moving moving so much is it's tough on the family so it's it's good to settle down finally um i had actually some job offers in new orleans and virginia and philadelphia was it yeah philadelphia that paid really well and we started looking at it running the numbers we're like no we're not moving again so yeah we we decided you know this is where we're gonna stay this is where we like it uh the weather's nice uh not you no, know, it's a little warm in the summertime, which is not too bad, and it's a little little cool in the winter time, but again, it ain't too bad. Mm-mm. So, of all the places we've we've been, uh, we like North Carolina the most. 
Awesome. So, and I know it's just you and your wife, no kids, no right. little chitlins you have to no, worry no, about. No little chitlins, yeah. <laughs> and which is actually really nice because I can choose a house that I like and a neighborhood that I like, and I don't have to worry about the school zones. Uh, you know, what type of school is it going to? Because some really good schools are surrounded by bad neighborhoods for whatever yeah. reason. Um, so a lot of people, they got to pick and choose where they're going to live based on the school system. And that's great for their kids, but sometimes man, it just doesn't work out or it's just, you know, it's more expensive than they need. They could be living a lot better in a different area if it wasn't for the, you know, trying to be in that good school system. So it works out for us. Uh, we got a little dog named Gus Gus. Uh, he's a little over a year old now. Uh, we got him at eight weeks and he's just a little ball of terror. He's part husky, part pit. So he's just... 100% doof. Yes, absolutely. He's a big derp derp. Um, He's so stubborn and hard-headed. As he's getting older, he's starting to come along a lot more. Um, it used to be he wouldn't come in the house unless you gave him a treat. <laughs> uh, we had to bribe him to come in the house, which was getting kind of old. But uh, here lately, actually past, over the past couple of weeks, he's been getting a lot better. So he keeps my wife company when I'm not there and just makes us laugh hysterically at his antics. So it, it's good to have him around. That's awesome. So what what – specifically i know you said you were in south carolina had some friends living up here um and you and your wife traveled here saw it said it was beautiful and just decided is there anything more to it than that that really brought you guys to cabarrus county uh that was pretty much it like i said we were living in south carolina and uh, my wife's friends she's known them for gosh 30 30 years easy um they would they went to high school together and they were looking to move out of new jersey because the taxes up there were just outrageously expensive mm -hmm. and the school again the school system they got two had two small boys at the time and they decided to move to a better school system for them and they chose the concord area after they did their research they had a house built in a subdivision and we would come up and visit, and it was just, I mean, at the time, this was, dang, 13 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. So um, 2005, 2006. Yeah, 2006, I think, is when they had their house built, 2006, 2007. So uh, Cabarrus hadn't really, had, hadn't expanded quite all the way out to, they were out by the arena. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, it was just surrounded by cow fields. I mean, there's a lot more out there now. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so when we'd go out there, it was like, yeah, this is, you know, it's it's close enough to the city that you can get everything you need, you know, grocery stores, food lines, only five minutes away, mm -hmm. uh, pharmacies, five, ten minutes away. We can get everything we need fairly close, fairly easily, but you're not in the middle of a big city. Yeah. And my wife, growing up in New Jersey, she likes being close to everything. I grew up out in California on the beach. I like to be away from everything. <laughs> so it's pretty good, a pretty good compromise as far as, you know, ease of use in the, in the community and still being, you know, we're in a subdivision, so we're not, you know, country, country, but it's quiet. Everybody leaves us alone. So it's almost like being in the country out there. That's that's one of the great things about Cabarrus County is it's so close to the action. You can go in if you ever want to, but it's always been very small town feel. Right. Even though it's blown up a lot more, you know, the, the Walmart and Locust was a big deal. <laughs> Uh, but like little things like being able to drive for five plus minutes straight and not have huge 
buildings or construction areas everywhere. That's what's I find very nice about Cabarrus County as a whole. Right. Especially once you get out towards your area, it's the closer to your area, the more country it ends up oh, getting absolutely. because they haven't expanded too much down into Mount Pleasant. So yeah. you're on that edge right there. Yeah, I'm right on that butter zone where the, the, <laughs> everything's coming out to me, uh, but it's still pretty quiet out that way, uh, which I enjoy. Actually, one of the things I like to do, I do a little antiquing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been out to the White Owl out there off of 49 out in Mount Pleasant area, uh, which is fantastic. And there's actually, I went out uh, looking for something I found on either Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. And on my way out to take a look at this, there were old cars on the side of the road. There was an old Buick 88, you know, way off in the woods somewhere. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to stop out there and and check that out. I'm I'm really into classic cars. So it's hard to come across barn finds. We call them barn finds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anymore, the Internet has kind of ruined the classic car market. I mean, it's it's blown it up, but it's ruined it for for everybody else kind of. So they're really, really hard to find. I actually managed to get my hands on a 74 Challenger that had been sitting in a garage for 35 years, I believe it is. The inspection sticker on the on the window says 1985. <laughs> so it's my understanding that it hadn't hadn't been on the road for 30 over 30 years and I managed to get my hands on that. Uh, so it's one of the undiscovered gems as far as the classic car market goes. There's still plenty of barns out there that haven't really been exploited yet, so on my yeah. free time, I'm hoping to get a little a little traveling in on those back roads and finding some more treasures. Apparently, um, one of the, uh, I think it was Tony, was telling me, one of the teachers here uh, previously had told me there is a big, like, barn farm area out almost by you that... A lot of different movies and production people go to in the area whenever they're around here because they they have so many antique items that yeah. they can use for different shoots and different time periods and things like that. So yeah. I, I want to say it's right off of 49. I'm not going to give the exact location because I haven't had a chance to scout it out yet. But <laughs> so everybody stay away until I get my my hands on there. Um <laughs> So, yeah, down 49, uh, a buddy of mine was also telling me about it. And it might have been Tony or it might have been uh, Benny that uh, you go down and it's there's one little sign on the side of the road. And if you look up the hill, it's like up a hill and you see a bunch of old stuff up there. But you have to go up there and you got to go look around and hope that the guy is there. He doesn't really advertise. He's kind of <laughs> a little recluse kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then there's not prices on anything. He just kind of tells you what it is and, and kind of like on American Pickers. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so that's I've been meaning to get back out there with the weather turning. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance this season. So I might get out there in the spring. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of fantastic uh, things about that place. Uh, one of the jobs I did when I first got here was taking photographs for an insurance company and I went out to a guy's house a tree had fallen on his uh, on his fence so I took some photographs for it and in his garage he had an old uh, 40s 50s style gas pump mm. and all this stuff that had been restored and he was telling me that there was a place down off of 601 that yes. uh, that has all that stuff there's a big barn just full of the stuff and I've been 
trying to find it, but I haven't really, you know, gotten into anybody's yards or nothing. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get a, a butt full of, full of salt rock. So I'm um, trying not, trying not to cause too much ruckus, but uh, I'd love to track that down as well. That's a good place to go out is Midland area. Midland, yeah. Mount Pleasant has a lot of little places like right. that, that you should definitely check out. Um, so going back to you guys um, making the move here, before you made the move, were there other places that you had considered living at? Uh, yes, we, we looked all around the Charlotte area and we decided we wanted to be close to our friends. So that's why we settled on uh, Concord or Cabarrus area. And we had actually looked at a house in Mount Pleasant. It was it was fantastic. It was everything we wanted. It had a pool. It had a barn in the back that I could turn into a shop. And I'm like, this is fantastic. It's it's five minutes from our friend's house. It's perfect. And then we put in a bid. They accepted the bid. We had the inspection done. The inspection came back 45 pages long of repairs that needed to get done. And we're like, mm, you know, I was in Texas at the time, so I couldn't keep track of stuff really. And I'll keep on top of it. And I'm like, nah, you know what? We're just going to pass on this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on one hand, I kind of wish we would have done it because uh, now that I got my Challenger, uh, I'd have a, a little bit better place to work on it. But uh, after that, we started looking again. And we found a house in the same subdivision that our friends lived in. And when we told them about it, they're like, hey, wait, that that's the house right behind our house. So we literally <laughs> share a yard that's with friends hilarious. we've known for over 20 years. So we put up a fence. We cut a gate in their fence. Uh, they've got a pool. I've got a fire pit. So we just open up the gates. We've got, and you know, we have everybody over. It's it's great. So yeah, we're we're literally living in each other's yards, basically. That's so perfect. Everything works out. Definitely, definitely. And um, I know you've shown me in the past that you're a woodworker, yes. and you make beautiful little, whether it be you know candle holders or different things that you've kind of for lack of a better word whittled yeah. into existence it's so i i try to repurpose or upcycle items um i had a little bit of property that i was uh, clearing out and cutting down some trees just to make some room and i took a lot of that wood i made some candle holders out of their live edge um, one thing i like to do is take pallets and repurpose them into wine racks mm -hmm. uh, i've done some coasters um I also make clocks out of old car parts. I've made lamps out of old car parts. So I like to, like saying, doing the upcycle thing. It, it may be a little rough around the edges, a little rusty, but it's still got some life in it, kind of like, like like us old veterans. <laughs> uh, we're, we're a little rough around the edges, but, but we're good to have around on occasion. <laughs> so um, that's what I've been doing. Uh, I thought about trying to make that a business, and while I enjoy making things, doing the actual business portion of it was kind of a pain yeah so i decided you know what i'll just do this on my spare time and i might go to the flea market out on uh what's a web road yeah yeah the web road that place is great too um so i go out there on occasion again with the with the weather turning i probably won't go out back out till the spring but uh every now and then i'll i'll sell sell a couple things out there just to have a little walking around money definitely so i know once you were once you moved here you kind of left the cop you semi in the past but there's no way you can shake that off correct uh what have you what's been itching at you that you want to to be able to do that kind of i guess puts 
puts that that wishing to be back in that action at okay. ease. Um, what I enjoyed most about being in law enforcement was was when I got a chance to help somebody. I had a case we worked in South Carolina that a female teenager, she was about 13, 14, had been being abused by her stepfather. And when it was all said and done, she came up, gave myself and the other investigators a big hug, you know, told us we were the best, helping her out, and that feels really, really good. Um, so what I tried to do is I started my own podcast trying to get veterans to tell their stories. Because when I transitioned out of the military, it was tough. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> and I had like five or six different jobs trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. I worked for Home Depot. I worked for Amazon. I took pictures for the insurance company. I mowed lawns for a while. I, I did decorative concrete. Mm -hmm. And I just could not find what it is I wanted to do. And then I realized that uh, when I first joined the Army, I did documentary filmmaking. And that's why I decided to come back to school for it and get into the podcast they introduced me into the podcasting arena and I decided I wanted to let people know or give veterans an opportunity to tell their stories and it seems like every veteran I talk to has the same story when they get out they kind of struggle it's it's very strange to go from a very structured environment where you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing and if you don't know what you're going to be doing somebody will tell you exactly what it is you need to do <laughs> Um, very often in an elevated voice so everyone can hear. Um, but going from that to a, a more relaxed environment, I guess, I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's it's strange. And trying to find your way, find, trying to find your mission again is difficult. So what I did is try and reach out to veterans to help them tell their story and let them know that they're not alone. And also give veterans a, an opportunity pr to promote a business if they have one. So that's kind of what I've been doing to try and get back into helping the community. Okay. And so that's the Charlie Mike podcast, right? Correct. Uh, Charlie Mike podcast. It's available on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify. Uh, I, those are the main ones that I know of right now is uh, Spotify and Apple podcast. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, with that going on in your life, is there anything else really that is kind of a passion project for you going on? Um, I'm starting to work with a, uh, a company that is assisting nonprofits with telling their story. It's called story. Now they just brought me on as an intern to help them edit some video. It's giving nonprofits an opportunity to tell them story, tell their story themselves rather than trying to hire a production company to come out and you know they they're most of them are operate purely on donations so they don't have the the disposable income to market that another company might so they created an app that kind of walks them through the storytelling process and I just started partnering partnering with them to help edit everything together. So we're looking forward to, to getting that up and running. Definitely. And I know we both met here at, um, right now I'm recording this at school, uh, Carolina School of Broadcasting, where I'm currently enrolled. Uh, we both met here 
And it was just kind of a freak coincidence that we both lived out in Concord. Um, A little bit of a drive out here. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that you originally weren't going to be here. You had taken a um, job back in Texas originally and then decided um, after. Yeah, so I had been offered a job paying really good money to go back into investigations and my wife decided she didn't want to move and I'm like all right not a problem and you know like I said she's followed me all around the world so she says we're not moving then we're not moving and I'm okay with that too moving is awful it's what I hated the most about the military and I didn't even have to do anything <laughs> I, I would sit in a chair and watch everybody pack up my stuff but it was still such a hassle between finding a new place to stay and then driving here and there and it was just it was it was rough so i was actually supposed to be at a court martial as well for the first two weeks of this course so i was like well i'll start in september which was when the next class started and then everything kind of fell through with this that and the other um I was supposed to be at two court marshals. One of them got canceled. So I called up the school and said, hey, listen, turns out that I'm, I am available and I'd love to start in September. They're like, well, if you can come on down, we can slide you in this class. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds great. So here I am and we're having a good time. Uh, we're learning a whole lot. And yeah, that's pretty much how it's going. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. How did you meet your wife? Wow. Okay. So 20 years ago, uh, we've been married for, let's see, we got married in 99. So we've been married for 20 years. I actually met her on the internet uh, back when the internet just started on AOL. Oh, wow. uh, America Online, for those of you (laughs) old enough to remember that on on dial-up. So I, and she was living in New Jersey and I I talked to her online for a while and then I moved out to Pennsylvania. And it just so happened where I was at in Pennsylvania was only about an hour and a half from where she was at. Oh, wow. And the job that I was working in Pennsylvania ended up not working out so well. Uh, So I went to visit uh, her and a friend of hers, and that's where we met. And it just, you know, said we'd been talking for a while. So once we finally met, then that was it. Um, We started dating right then, and then a year later we got married. Um, So it's kind of interesting. That's one of the reasons... I joined the army was because I was unemployed and homeless at the time. So the job that I had in Pennsylvania didn't work out and her friend was kind enough to let me sleep on her couch for a couple of weeks. So, oh, you know, wow. I wasn't, I wasn't living on the street, but I didn't have my own place. You know, yeah. I was living with people that I had just met and they were kind enough to, to help me out for a while. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to join the army. I get three meals a day they give me all my clothes i get a paycheck too and a place to stay like yeah okay sign me up mm-hmm. it was always my backup plan and i joined for the college money i never meant to stay in for 20 years and it just turns out that i really enjoyed being a soldier and it was something i was good at i enjoyed doing it and you know 20 years later uh it was it was time to move on to to do something else so that's why i retired that's awesome. So when you first met your wife, did you know, like, it was it one of those cinematic moments where you just knew you were going to marry her one day? I suppose you could say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much, uh, like I so said, we've been talking for a while beforehand, but uh, 
we met and I'd say we were dating for two or three weeks, I guess, and before I proposed. <laughs> and then a year later we got married. So um, it's, you know, you've met the one when you can laugh at each other. Yes. So we were at her friend's house and I was, I had my socks on. I had my shoes off for some reason. I don't remember what it was, but I stepped on a slug and stepping on a slug <laughs> in your socks is so awful. And I still get reminded about stepping on that slug <laughs> by my wife. So that was one of the moments. right now? <laughs> absolutely. Squishing it between my toes in my mind. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's how we kind of started out, just, you know, on, on a laughing note. And we've been keeping each other laughing ever since. And, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think a day goes by without one of us cracking up the other. So it's it's that's been good. good. That's real good because that's – I know for, for me with mine, I have not been with my husband as long as you've been with your wife. But that's kind of one of those things of if you're able to not only laugh, like, with each other, but, like you said, at each other. Like, just if you bring humor into your relationship and really keep that and see it as the – honesty that it really is because when humor boils down it it is it's honesty it's honesty that makes you giggle that's it It, and so that's a it's a great foundation to build a relationship on especially um a long-lasting one as long as you keep it up and i know every time you talk about your wife you light up so it's (laughs) it's adorable well my face that just naturally turns red for whatever reason but uh (laughs) That's why I'm on radio and not on television. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I stay behind the behind the camera. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an adventure, um, good and bad. We spent a lot of time apart, unfortunately. Uh, I want to say, let's see, we got married in 99. And then uh, I went out to California, so... I waited until we got housing out there before she came out, and then I would have to go to training, or I would spend a lot of time in the field. So I want to say, like the first, so we got, I'd say, yeah, about the first ten years we were married or so, I spent more time gone than oh, wow. than at home. Maybe not quite that, you know, first five six years maybe. But uh, you know, I went I went to Iraq in two thousand four, and we had only been married for five years at that point. That's crazy. So. Um, and of course she can't follow you there. Right. Yeah. So. She, um, I went to Germany, uh, without her because I was supposed to go to Kosovo as soon as I got to Germany, which I did. Uh, I got to Germany in August and I was in Kosovo in October. So there was no point in bringing her out there with me just to be gone again. And then I, a six month deployment turned into a nine month deployment because mm-hmm. the war in Iraq kicked off while I was in Kosovo. So the unit that was supposed to replace us got diverted and we had to stay extra time. And then I finally get home from Kosovo. So at this point I've been gone for almost a year. And then we thought about it. We're like, well, maybe I'll just change from a a three-year tour to a two-year tour. So we waited again and then that didn't work out. And then I got notified, hey, we're going to Iraq. And my wife's like, nope, you're coming with me. So or she's coming to, coming to me. So uh, she came to Germany in December, January time frame, and four months later I was in Iraq. Wow. So 
out of three years, I think we spent, let's see, I was gone for 21 out of 36 months, not including training, and then just being gone. So, yeah, out of three years, I probably saw her six months maybe out of that time, right? Yeah, so. But we're spending a lot of time together now, so we're trying to make up for for lost time. That's awesome. Um, And I know – you enjoy at your your house here now you have your own little pond and things like that that you love yes you love going out in the mornings and yes i, I drink my coffee fish. i sit on my I, uh so when we moved into our house uh, one thing i've always wanted was a workshop and we kind of talked about the stuff that i build so i put in a shop i put in a little uh another shed for all my garden stuff you know my mower and whatnot put in a fence and then I managed to come across a bunch of decking that somebody was giving away so I decided to build a deck so I've got a deck off of my shop and it just so happened it came right up to my pond so I just sit on my deck and and feed my fish and drink my coffee in the mornings and my dog goes nuts and tries to eat everything he eats so much grass he pulled a plant out of my pond the other day and I had to chase him around the yard trying to get it he ate it before I could get to him He's a trash can. He's a tiger shark of, of puppies. <laughs> Everything goes in his mouth. I, I, he ate some paper the other day. I was out. So he escaped the yard, and I spent probably 30 minutes trying to chase him down. Of course, he's having a grand old time mm-hmm. just running away, eating everything, and he ate some paper out of somebody's trash can. And I finally got him home, and then I checked the yard a, a couple days later, and uh, – he had passed the paper, and you could almost read it still. <laughs> so um, at least it's out of his system, so I guess there's that. Um, but, yeah, everything goes – I love him to death, but he's he's going to be the death of me. Everything goes in his mouth. He eats everything. Um, so I, I try and keep him to a specific area where I know there's nothing going to hurt him because I just – you know, he's only a year old, a little over a year old. He's and still a pupper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So – uh, I've got a, a a gate up on the deck so he doesn't get back there. But if I go out there without him, he just whines at me, and it's the most awful-sounding thing. So <laughs> I, I bring him back there with me, and then he'll start running around. And, that, in fact, that's how he escaped one time was up underneath the the, oh, the the deck or the gate on that side. So I blocked that off so he can come out there with me now. And now he just eats every single plant he can gonna come across. So, But, yeah, I sit, and I, I started out with uh, – so there was a pond in my backyard when I moved in, uh, just a plastic uh, deal that they had put in the ground. And it was all murky and overgrown. I didn't even know if there was fish in there. Um, my neighbors had taken all the fish and put them in his pond <laughs> when when they moved out because we bought the house in August. We didn't actually move in until February. Mm-hmm. So he took all the fish. And then one day I was messing around with it, and I had accidentally hit the fountain. So instead of water coming up and just going back into the pond, it actually pumped it all out and it went underneath it. And so I came out one day, my pond is floating. And so I had to pull it out, clean it out. Well, that's when I found out I, I had fish, apparently. <laughs> I had no idea that I had fish. Uh, so I went from having, I had like four fish and then my buddy gave me some more. So I had eight fish. Oh, wow. And then something came along, and I had no fish. 
I think a I think a heron came along and, and mm-hmm. had himself a snack. It was either that or a bullfrog. Bullfrogs will tend to congregate around a pond and, and eat your goldfish. So you got to keep an eye out for them. And every now and then at night, you just hear that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's what it is. Um, so anyway, I thought I had no fish, and then I decided to expand. I took a liner out and I dug a bigger hole and I put a liner in. And while I was cleaning out, I had itty bitty little fry, itty bitty little baby fish. And I'm like, oh, I have fish. So I tossed those back in there, and then now I've got about 20 or 30. They just happen to spawn out, and so now they're they're growing. Um, my, my pond water's nice and clear, so I get to actually see my fish. <laughs> so it's it's a nice way to relax in the morning, just kind of unwind. Definitely, definitely. So it sounds like you kind of have, you and your wife have built your own little safe haven yes, here in Yes, little backyard oasis. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, we had a, a patio put in with our fire pit, so we've got a fire pit, and with the weather turning cool, it's nice to use now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we just get a fire going on the weekends and just sit out there and the nice thing about uh, Cabarrus County, especially where I'm at, is there's not a whole lot of light pollution. There's not yes. a lot of street lights. And I'm up on a hill, so oh. once the lights go out, I get a little fire going and then just look up at the stars, and it's it's fantastic. It's beautiful. That was one of my favorite things growing up out in Midland. There, w- there was no real light pollution. So if you laid down on the ground and just – we had two and a half acres. Nice. Just lay down and watch the stars, and it was so nice. Now, where I'm at right now in Concord is very populated. There is more light pollution, yeah. so I can't. Yeah. But my, – My favorite place – one of my favorite places that I've been was out in Fort Irwin, California. And on the night with a full moon, you go out in the desert. And you get away from the actual, what they call it, cantonment. That's where mm-hmm. everybody lives. You get out in the desert in the training area. And on a full moon, it's the full moon is bright enough to, that you'll cast a shadow. You oh, can wow. actually see for forever. Uh, you, every single star in the sky, you can see it. It's, it's amazing. Um, and then when there's, beautiful. yeah, when there is no moon, you can see even more stars. And it is fantastic. That being said, if it's ever overcast, like in the wintertime, you get out there and you can't see nothing. <laughs> you don't know dark until you've been dark in the desert, and you literally cannot see your hand in front of your face. Oh, wow. If that's how, if there's no light on, because you're away from everything, and you literally cannot see anything more than about two foot away from you. So oh, we wow. could be talking, you know, we could be talking like this, and I wouldn't be able to see you. And that's dark. That's crazy. That's dark, dark. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, the the contrast is fantastic, and one of my favorite things. I actually have an app on my phone that you can just point at the, at the sky. Oh, the and it tells star you what map the, thing. Yeah, and it tells you what the constellations and stuff are. Mm-hmm. Another good story. Uh, my wife grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and her first place I'm moving sorry. out. Yeah, so am I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, exit exit twelve off the turnpike. If anybody's asking. But so anyway, um, we moved out to California, and she had never been out to California before. And Fort Irwin is 35 miles from the closest town. So you drive down Fort Irwin Road, and you are out on this road for almost an hour with nothing around you. Oh, wow. So we're driving uh, onto Post one day. And she's looking around. She's, it's beautiful. You got it's called the high desert. So you got these mountains, and you know it's not like sand dunes in the Sahara Desert. It's it's just really rocky. 
and we're driving along and about 10 minutes later she's she turns to me and says are we in the same place I'm like yeah we we haven't you know we're, it, it's one road we haven't turned and she's like well the mountains look different i'm like well yeah there's there's cloud shadows moving moving over them she's like cloud shadows so i pulled over and i told her watch the mountain and you could see the shadow move across the mountain yeah. well growing up in the city she had you know and never, never seen, seen one before oh, right wow. um and you know she on one hand she understands that a, a sh- cloud moves in front of the sun and it gets darker but you don't see the whole shadow mm-hmm. you know from a distance and we're talking about mountains that are 20 30 miles away and then just to watch the the shadow move across and it does make it look like it's a whole different mountain but yeah, yeah. she had never seen cloud shadows before and that just tickled the shit out of her <laughs> pardon me but yeah that just tickled the heck out of her and uh, so i tease her about that you know 20 years later that's uh, wonderful, never seen though. cloud shadows yeah. yeah yeah and that's something that a lot of people especially if they i know a lot of people in cabarrus county have were born here raised here never going to leave um type of people mm-hmm. they don't think about that because we're out here so like we don't have a ton of mountains out here but right. we do see cloud shadows and things like that because there isn't much obstruction right. uh, in the way of, like, city and things like that. Um, so a lot of people don't think about, oh, wait, yeah, you wouldn't really yeah. know that unless Any- you've been out somewhere yeah. Anything that moves in front of the sun technically casts cast a shadow. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's big. Yeah. And, yeah. Like growing up where I grew up, I was out on the beach, and we saw them all the time. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, cloud shadows, whatever. It's like, cloud shadows? What are you talking about? What is this craziness of which you speak? Um, yeah, so I pull it over and just watching her face like, wow. <laughs> so it's amazing to see people see new things. It was, it was really a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. Um, I want to thank you, first off, for allowing me to pick your brain yeah, and no uh, for coming on for the podcast Uh at last minute at that (laughs) Uh, Uh, glad to be here and second off uh because my father would kick me in (laughs) the buttocks we will say if i didn't say it uh thank you very much for your service thank you it was a pleasure to serve thank you i very much appreciate and i know i've said it to you multiple times i i so just i love hearing the stories that you have coming from not just being a military man but also doing the broadcasting in the beginnings yeah. and then going into the investigations and things we could do a whole series just on you and your stories that's why you have charlie mike podcast there you go. Yep. so th- <laughs> those of you who who would like uh tune into the charlie mike podcast it's it's available out there uh you can follow me on twitter that's um kc strong uh, excuse me k strong cm on twitter and then you can check out the facebook page charlie mike podcast on facebook um most of my stories are not suitable for polite company so it's um it's most of what i do on my podcast is is pg-13 call it (laughs) um i try and keep it uh on an even keel but uh get off my lawn there you go get off my lawn (laughs) I'm i'm a grumpy old guy um nice and salty I'm not sure where to go for that, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we got to keep it professional. Yeah, on I'm this trying. One. <laughs> uh, 
I do have plenty of stories that uh, that are more G PG rated, and uh, but a lot of them are you know coming from a military, not just a military, but a law enforcement, specifically a forensics background. Uh, a lot of them are are definitely not for polite company. Yeah, and I know you don't just have yourself. There are a few that you've done with us and yes, absolutely um, different people, but especially you bring on businesses and other veterans and try to help highlight what's going on in the area and what they might have going on. Right. So the whole reason I started it is when I got out, trying to find all of the veterans' resources available in one spot was very, very difficult. In fact, I still haven't found them all. So what I'm trying to do is consolidate as many veteran services organizations into one spot as I can so there's a one-stop shop for veterans' resources available here in Charlotte. That's great. And I know... I um I've listened to a couple of them. I need to listen to all of them, <laughs> but uh I know it, you really you put your heart and soul into it. Well, and so I definitely anyone out there that wants to listen, I'll put links and things in my description. That'd be great. Um Thank you. and you guys go ahead and head over and give him some love too. So I uh, definitely appreciate it. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. I very much appreciate thank you. you Glad to be in. here. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thanks to Kevin Strong. Go check out his podcast, Charlie Mike, especially if you want something more controversial and that pushes the envelope. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Come Together Cabarrus. You can listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, and now the Stitcher app. We are always looking for advertisers to help fund the show. So if you or someone you know would like to help support us all while getting the word out about their company or project, email me at cometogethercabarras at gmail.com. Go out and get to know each town and the wonderful people who live here. And until next time, stay safe and come together, Cabarrus. This podcast kind of over now. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs>